Welcome to Wild Ortho Wednesdays, the podcast, with your hosts, Drs. Randall Beaupre and Cody Petrie. Thank you for tuning in to the inaugural episode of Wild Ortho Wednesdays, the podcast. My name is Randall Beaupre. Each week, we'll discuss pearls and common pitfalls from orthopedic cases in the emergency department. We will walk through diagnosis, management, and disposition of these patients. Cody Petrie here, along with Randall Bokri. This week, we have a great case prepared. This case was originally published to the Wild Ortho Wednesday email list on May 6th of 2020. The title of this case is A Collision at Home Plate. Before we get started, as always, we should mention that the views and opinions discussed here do not represent the views or opinions of Maricopa County Medical Center or the Maricopa Emergency Medicine Residency. Okay, Bo, let's get started. This week, our patient was a 17-year-old male baseball catcher who presented to the emergency department after his game with right knee pain. He said an opponent slid into home plate, striking the anterior medial aspect of the patient's knee while it was in extension while he was trying to block the plate. On physical exam, he had tenderness over the fibular head region. He had full range of motion of the knee, no paresthesias or other neurologic findings. The standard three-view knee x-ray we got in the emergency department showed an abnormality of the fibular head with a lucency. What do you think we got here, Cody? Sounds like what you're describing is potentially a proximal avulsion fracture of the fibular head, potentially even an avulsion fracture of the styloid process of the fibula. Uh, Basically, what you're describing, that point tenderness over the fibula itself, as well as the possible lucency there across the very tip, the styloid of the fibula, this is what I would be thinking about, particularly given the mechanism of injury you described. What kind of mechanism exactly do you think happened here? Well, what it sounds like the patient was describing is, again, a a hyperextended knee while he, as the catcher, is standing over home plate. The opposing player slides in, gives him a, a forceful and acute various stress to that medial aspect of the knee, forcing the knee out laterally, uh, that's a pretty typical mechanism for a proximal fibular styloid avulsion fracture. It's that forced various movement while in hyperextension. And this sounds like a perfect example of that. Now, to add on to that, one of the things that I always worry about in these similar mechanisms, again, that forced various extension is, are they going to have laxity on examination, whether it be you know, a lateral collateral ligament laxity or potentially a posterior cruciate ligament laxity. It doesn't sound like you were finding that on examination, but one of the things you have to think about is that the uh, volst fragment oftentimes of these proximal fibular styloid fractures is attached to the lateral collateral ligament, and that can create some laxity on examination. Gotcha. That makes sense. So going back to those x-rays we got here in the emergency department, that lucency that we saw, kind of the head of the fibula, what exactly is that? What do you think that represents? Well, I think, Bo, what you're describing is probably the classic arcuate sign, which is what we typically see in these proximal avulsion fractures of the styloid process. It's just a horizontal linear lucency through the head of the fibula. And again, it's that clean avulsion of the styloid process itself. But something to note here is you have to be really cautious that you're not confusing that lucency through the proximal fibula with a lucency in the proximal tibia, particularly because uh, in a significant mechanism of injury, uh, maybe something a little bit more significant than this patient case, you also have to think about proximal tibial fractures in these same injuries. Hey, Cody, that's a really good point there, uh, talking about the proximal tibia injuries as well. 
What other injuries are commonly associated uh, with a proximal avulsion fracture of the fibular head? In other words, in the emergency department, what type of things do I not want to miss? I think first we need to talk about other bony injuries as well as uh, injuries to the structure of the knee itself that can go along with this. Uh, bone contusions are very common in a very significant high energy mechanism. Again, maybe something a little bit more high energy than another player sliding into your knee at home plate. Uh, you do have to think about tibial plateau fractures. And then, of course, it's important to do a good stability examination of the knee. So a lot of times we'll see posterior cruciate ligament involvement, anterior cruciate ligament involvement, and then you can also end up with involvement of the popliteus or the meniscus. Um, I think that from the neurovascular standpoint in the emergency department, it's really important to do a thorough distal neurovascular examination, paying specific attention to things like foot drop, uh, because it's not uncommon to have an injury to the common peroneal nerve, and oftentimes that will uh, represent itself as a foot drop again in the emergency department. So do that distal neurovascular examination every time. All right, so we've examined this kid. Uh, we know that he has a proximal avulsion fracture of his fibular head. Uh, we looked at his radiographic images, saw that arcuate sign there. Uh, we did a thorough physical exam. He doesn't have foot drop. So what now? What is our management here in the emergency department? And what does he need to do from here? Well, I think, Bo, like you mentioned yourself, you've kind of already laid the groundwork for this. We've done a good examination. We've decided whether or not we think there's underlying instability of the knee. And we've ruled out significant nerve involvement, like the peroneal nerve involvement that we discussed previously. In this case, uh, this patient does need an outpatient MRI, not something that we need to do in the emergency department, of course. What I would do is I'd place the patient in a knee immobilizer. I'd make sure that they're non-weight bearing, and then I'd try to get them plugged into either an orthopedic specialist or the sports medicine clinic within one week to go over the potential need again for that outpatient MRI. Okay, good to know. So what happens if we don't catch this injury or if management is mishandled or the patient doesn't follow up? That's a great question, Bo. It's important to catch these injuries in the emergency department or early in the clinic setting and get them taken care of properly. Uh, if you miss an injury like this, the biggest concern is that these patients will end up with posterior lateral instability. And usually the way that that manifests is instability symptoms of the knee, particularly when the knee is in full extension. And for an athlete like this, they could have instability symptoms and difficulty with cutting uh, or sort of fast-moving, pivoting maneuvers while they're uh, attempting to do whatever their athletic event is. All right. Well, that's all we have for today's case. We hope you learned a little something that will make you recognize and manage these patients when they present to the emergency department. Please head over to our website to view the radiographs we discussed today, and we encourage you to sign up for the Wild Ortho Wednesdays email. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week.